It's all about the bass, about the bass, about the bass. That's right, folks. Episode 49 is all about basing. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. Welcome to episode 49. My name is Eero and this is my podcast show called Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. Uh, Let's shake off the uh, the uncomfortable feeling from episode 48 where I talked about racism in the hobby. Let's just shake that off now. It's, you know, it's not an easy topic to discuss. Um, thanks to those of you who reached out and said that I navigated through it really well. I really appreciate that because, as I said in the episode, it was uh, a tricky one, but I felt like I had to say a few things. Anyway, moving right along, this week it's all about basing, basing miniatures, basing terrain, basing vehicles as well. Turns out there's a lot of people out there that don't like basing. Now, especially people that maybe are right into the gaming side of things more than the modeling side of things because they just want to get a nice paint, reasonable paint job done. They want a simple base, uh, the color of the, the the battlefield or the mat that they're playing on generally, or, or something a little bit more generic, and away they go. Other people that are more into the, the modeling side of things, they want to make a, a little vignette. They want it to sort of, they want the base to say something without taking away anything from the actual miniature itself, of course. I find that people that play a lot of games will go, especially I've found like historical gaming, like even medieval type stuff, often the basing is just a little bit of flock or a little bit of sand or gravel, and that's kind of it. But you know what? On a grand scale, that kind of says enough anyway, because uh, like I said before, with the the people that are into the modeling side of things, they want the base to stand out, whereas the gamers, they just it's all about the game and moving troops around, and that's why you'll get people that will paint to a tabletop standard. You've probably heard that phrase before, where they're just, they're not slapping on the paint they're doing a, a reasonably good job but they're not getting bogged down with details and all that kind of stuff and that's that's what happens with the basing for these dudes as well and dudettes that being said i think most people these days i think will still go to some sort of effort for the basing like i said they'll chuck some flock on um back in the day back in like the early 90s i remember seeing bases that were just painted green like a kind of a a bright sickly green um (laughs) i don't think anyone does that anymore there might be some old school people out there still doing that but generally people are adding some kind of surface texture to their bases i think a base can say a lot about the miniature or about the miniature's setting i suppose whether it's a, a snowy rocky outcrop or if it's some um a wasteland ruin place or a a cityscape or um, inside a space hulk for example or uh, even a swamp or a jungle so like we've discussed with uh, with world building and uh, dioramas and 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 tabletop wargaming and terrain pieces and stuff like that I think the base can give you that sense of immersion is that right word you can it, it puts you in the scene it puts you on the ground level if that makes sense i guess what i'm saying is a good base on a miniature tells you a story doesn't it 
and that's that's pretty cool i reckon so if you can if you've got like a an imperial fist space marine and he's stepping or he's coming running down some broken steps of a temple or something and all that's created on a on a small base on a 35 mil base or something like that i think that's genius i think that's clever there might be a bit of um, barbed wire there might be a few skulls that's kind of a given um in the, in the 40k universe anyway uh, and i think that's i think that's super cool but it is about that balance you don't want the the base to take anything away from the miniature and what I mean by that is you might you might paint your miniature so well and 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 it looks amazing it's a little bit weathered it looks a bit worn war-torn and all that kind of thing but then if you've got this amazing base like really highly detailed base then suddenly the viewer's eye is distracted by the base and let's face it I mean when you <laughs> when you paint a miniature with a base you want it to mostly 80 percent be about the miniature don't you you want people to pick it up and say and first of all say wow man i love how you've done the weathering on this space marine or i love how you've painted the color or the shading looks amazing um and also that base wow really complements the miniature you don't want it to be the other way around imagine if someone picked up your miniature and goes whoa man loving that base it's so highly detailed i can see bullet shells on the ground i can see a little rodent hiding behind a tuft of grass and there's even like a footprint in the mud that's incredible oh oh yeah and the miniature looks all right too without mentioning any names because it's not a name and shame podcast i've seen lots of um pictures of some fantastic miniatures but i've got to say i am more distracted or more intrigued or more impressed with the base and that, look it's not necessarily a bad thing but i don't think the artist, the painter, the hobbyist, I don't think they want that. Like I said, they kind of want my eye to be drawn to the main centerpiece, which should be the miniature. Um, so uh, it, for me, it really is about striking that balance. And as I said, I think 80-20 ratio is probably pretty good. Uh, it depends what the miniature is, though. If you, Obviously, if you're doing like a Golden Demon, uh, if, you're, if you've entered the Golden, Golden Demon competition, um, the miniature painting competition through Games Workshop, then it's got to be a, the whole thing has to be a centerpiece. So maybe it's not going to be 80 20, maybe it's going to be more like 60 40, I don't know. Uh, 60 for the miniature, 40% for the, for the base. Because yeah, some I mean some of those they're vignettes, they're they're mini dioramas, and it would look look odd if you've got this beautifully painted miniature and he's just standing on a a flocked base. So I get it. You you know with something like that, you've got to have that sort of um, that real storytelling aspect to the base. But I think in general, it, like for tabletop gamers, then yeah, it's got to look cool. It's got to sit right on the in the particular setting that you've got the particular battlefield. Um, but yeah, don't be too much because the miniatures are going to get lost. I, for one, don't really enjoy or get stuck into basing too much. It's something I really need to pick up my game with because uh, often, especially when I when I look at older models on display or when I get them out for a game or whatever, I do look at the bases and go, ah, Eero, you've, uh, you've done a half-assed attempt there, mate, or you've just gone, yep, PVA, flock <laughs> and dip it in you know not not even be careful with the flock outlay or the tufts or anything just go whack there you go that's he's done so i've spent all this time on the miniature and i guess that's the other thing 
the, the basing can sometimes let down the miniature, can't it? I suppose when I think about it, you might have done a top-notch job on the miniature, got the eyes right, the pupils are centered and it's perfect, and the power sword looks amazing, like it's glowing, you know? Um, all the all the, uh, the highlights are spot on, all the free handwork on the shield looks sensational, and then he's just standing on a, a basic, you know, 25 mil uh, flocked, um, grassy base and you kind of go ah oh, is that it like so so again it is about balance you can't have too much of one but I'd say yeah you definitely got to have more focus on the miniature it actually kind of surprises me that I'm not into basing because I'm always admiring other people's base work. I'm always admiring people's when they do little vignettes and stuff like that and how they've added some extra little details to the base to tell it to again tell a story so I'm surprised, and I love my dioramas, and I love terrain building as well. So I'm surprised I don't get stuck into that. And I think it's partly to do with a bit of impatience, impatience on my side. I think, um, I think I once I've nailed the mini, I'm sort of like a sigh of relief and go, oh, okay, he's done. In my head, I've gone, he's done. But really, I shouldn't think that until the base is done, should I? So then, like I said, I, I go, he's done, I've painted him, he's, yep. And then, oh yeah, I've got to do his base, I'll just stick some glue and some flock. Now that's not good. I think if I was to go, maybe that's the trick. Maybe I need to go the other way around. Maybe I need to start with the base, do something like and position the miniature so I know where his feet are gonna be and all that kind of thing. Um, and then start with the base, make it, you know, even mildly interesting even like little coils of barbed wire and, and like i said before a skull or two or um i don't know like a some some burnt shrubs or whatever it is maybe i need to start that way some scattered bricks or something you know start with that and then paint the miniature and then put the two together and I think maybe that's what I need to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll ponder that and give that some uh, good hard thought. Now I'm even wondering if there is a correct method. Maybe you guys can let me know. Is it better to paint the miniature and then do the basing? Or is it better to, like that's the thing. Do you glue the miniatures to the base and then undercoat and go from there? Or, and like build the whole thing together? Or do you do the basing completely separate from the miniature and then bring the two together? Or do you paint the whole miniature and then worry about the base? You know, like, yeah, let me know. I'd be intrigued to know. Generally what I do, I, I build the miniature, glue it to the base, undercoat and then paint the miniature because I kind of hold the base. I know I should get one of those proper handle things, um, but I I haven't yet. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm like holding the edge of the base with my thumb and index finger, if you know what I mean, and very carefully maneuvering it around so I can paint it. And then once the miniature's done, then I, as I said before, I coat with PVA glue and then dip into the flock and that's kind of it. I had, look, to be honest, I have done um, some more interesting base work in the past. And I can see the difference, definitely. I look at those models and go, wow, yeah, actually the basing is really kind of cool. But I think partly for me, the problem is working with such small bases, I suppose. And uh, when it comes to bigger bases, like 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 when mentioned before with terrain and things like that, then I'll get really stuck in and really enjoy it. But a little 25 mil base or 35 mil base even, it is a small platform to be working on, and I, uh, I don't know, I find it fiddly, and 
I'm not overly enjoying myself when I'm doing it, but yeah, as I think maybe the trick is to do the bases first. But yeah, let me know, guys, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. How do you go about things? I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but there is a movement. <laughs> I don't know if you call it a movement, but there are a bunch of people out there in the world that hate basing so much that they use clear bases. So they've got the same 25 mil disc base, but it's clear. So therefore, the tabletop or the you know the mat or whatever they're using as their battleground, that becomes the base, if you know what I mean. So you can see through the the plastic base and see the the Mars red earth colored mat. And that I think that's kind of cool actually, because then it eradicates the need to try and go oh look these these space marines are only suited for a uh, a snow battle because if i put them on the desert it's going to look weird because they've got like rock black rocks and snow in the middle of a desert so i, I kind of get that i kind of think well that makes sense but i don't know for me i don't I, I can't imagine not doing some kind of base work you know what i mean like yeah i don't know what it, i can't even explain what it is but i think doing the clear is kind of like um i don't want to say cheap but like it's cheeky it's cheeky it's like cheating it's like it's like sort of going yeah you know what i won't even bother i'll just do this it's like um and there's nothing wrong with this of course but it's like if you're a hobbyist and then buying pre-painted miniatures and just going yeah i'll just i'll just have these you know like if you're a hobbyist you want to paint it if you want if you're a hobbyist you want to make the base but but as there are people out there that are more gamers than hobbyists, I can kind of understand why they go the clear bases. When it comes to what to put on the bases, obviously the sky's the limit. You know, you can you can do whatever you want. If you're, uh, like I said, if you're working to a particular campaign or battlefield aesthetic, then yeah, you might want to go, right, well, this has got to be urban. It's got to be look like he's standing on a footpath or it's got to look like he's standing inside a spaceship or whatever the case may be. But when it comes to what you're actually going to use, then yeah, just use your imagination. You don't it doesn't you don't have to buy those um, precast Necromunda um, bases. Don't get me wrong, from Games Workshop, they're cool. I actually really like them. But you don't have to do that. You can make your own. There's so many different options out there. Whether you go through hobby shops or online or whatever, um, finding different surfaces like um, that that checker plate metal metal or um, a grill of some kind or um, uh, like a deck from a ship or something like that whatever it is there's so many options out there that you can actually purchase but you can also this goes back to scratch building you can use also use your own imagination and find bits and bobs around the house one of the first ones I did years ago which was an absolute fail now when I think about it <laughs> but at the time I thought it was pretty cool I just used like a, a chunk of polystyrene and I had the miniature standing on it and it looked like a rock but apart from all the little polystyrene bubbles you know like you know that look so when I think about it now I think uh, it was probably terrible but and I don't have that particular miniature anymore but at the time I remember going oh it looks really cool it looks like you're standing on some kind of rock or asteroid I'm big on being thrifty not because I can't afford to go and buy these bits and bobs from model shops and stuff like that but I think it's kind of fun to try to not do that if you know what I mean so you might go yeah look I need a tree uh, I need a branch I need a fallen log and you can go and buy a 3d printed fallen log I'm sure but why not just go into the garden venture into the garden with a little uh, plastic box or something and some some clippers 
and uh, see what you can rummage up, like, you know, bits of rock or, um, yeah, bits of twig, uh, even dirt and sand and gravel and all sorts of stuff, you know. Go outside, have a look around, or go into the garage and have a look at bits and bobs that are laying around in there. I've used a um, the end of a screw to look like a giant drill on an orc before, like in, uh, for an orc arm, I used the end of a screw. That worked really well. Um, what else have I used? I've used bits of tubing, bits of plastic for like to make it look like a junkyard. Uh, you know, I'm big on using sprues as well. Chop those up and use those for different things. You know, just try to think outside the box a little bit and think, okay, you might even see something online. You might go, oh wow, this, uh, this lamp in this street looks really good. How can I, how could I replicate that with bits and bobs I've got laying around the house? And as soon as you, well, if you're anything like me, as soon as you start to think like that, then wow, the world suddenly becomes your oyster and you're like, oh my God, I could use this. And then <laughs> again, if you're also like me as well, I'll be out and about, like, you know, walking down the street, walking the dog or something, and I'll see a little, I don't know, do wacky sitting on the ground and think, oh, I could use that for something. Or we might be at the shops and there's a discarded piece of junk from a toy or something. And I think oh, I could bloody use that for uh, something orcish. So all these little bits and bobs, just, just keep them, put them in a big bag or a big box and uh, have it as like your your basing trash box or something like that and rip stuff out of there every now and then chop it up uh, carve it uh, drill bullet holes into it or whatever you need to do and paint it up and you'll be surprised how cool and unique things can get Hi, this is the Imperfect Model here. I just wanted to let you know you're listening to my hobby son on the Imperial Rebel Org podcast. And to tell you, he isn't an orc, he's just a very naughty boy. Like everything to do with the hobby, it should just be fun, shouldn't it? It shouldn't be a drag, it shouldn't be a pain in the ass to do something. It should all just be about having a bit of fun. So, as I say, for me, I'm thinking maybe I need to concentrate on making the bases first and doing something a, a little bit interesting. I think, especially, for me anyway, when it comes to like a hero, a champion, a special character, a commander, or something like that, I think, yeah, a little bit more effort into the base is only going to be a good thing. I think if it's rank and file, if you've got, you know, um, 10 British uh, line infantry, then, you know, a bit of flock and maybe a couple of tufts of grass and stuff like that or is fine. I don't think you have to go above and beyond for something like that. <laughs> So what about basing other things other than just single miniatures? Like vehicles, for example. Now, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like basing vehicles. I don't know why. I just, it doesn't sit right with me. I think if it's a motorbike or a bicycle or something smaller, then yeah, you kind of got to because it's not gonna stand on its own unless it's like a, a trike or something like that or a, a motorbike with a sidecar then I think it kind of looks cool and works well just to put that straight on the battle map. You know, I think that looks awesome. I don't think it has to have a base. Um, same applies for tanks and, uh, and jeeps or all that kind of stuff. I don't think it needs any kind of base. I, I, I don't, 
when I've seen, say I've seen uh, like the Speed Freaks, Orcs vehicles, um, a lot of people uh, generally base them. And I think it always looks good. Like, I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not putting my hand up and going, looks disgusting, thinks it looks terrible, what are you doing with yourselves? Not at all. I think it looks cool. I think they, they put a bit of tarmac there or a bit of a dirt road and some gravel on the side or they might even do like a couple of stop signs that are bent over or something like that. That's okay. That's cool because you are like with the single miniatures you're setting the scene so i like that but i think for versatility i like to not have that base i like to um just plonk it straight on the battle mat or in the display case and that's it um but you know each their own the only time i would base a vehicle is if it's so long and or fragile you know so let's face it the plastic models we build they're not the most durable things. Um, if you bend it in the wrong place, it's gonna snap. So for example, at, towards the end of last year, 2020, I built a um, uh, an orc truck. And when I say truck, it's like a, a cargo truck. It's a long, bloody 16-wheeler truck. I don't think it's got 16 wheels, but it's a long truck is what I'm saying. <laughs> like a semi-trailer, almost length kind of thing. So if you pick that up from one end, it's got the potential to bend and snap. I hope it wouldn't, because there's plenty of super glue in it. So, but you know what I'm saying? I, I just felt the need for a base because it just makes it more solid, more durable, and uh, for longevity reasons. You know what I mean? Um, so that's okay. In my book, that's okay. But if you, yeah, if you've got like a little buggy or a little um, tank or something, I don't really see why you need a base. Same applies for a lot of terrain pieces. I think if you're doing a um, how do you explain it like like i've got a few buildings and bits and pieces that look good just plonked straight on the battle mat um whereas other pieces i've decided to make them a bit more diorama ish so they they need a base because there's a little bit more going on it's not just the building it's got other things like uh, might be uh, oil cans or rubble or uh, a broken down car or you know what i mean like it's a bigger sort of diorama terrain piece so therefore it needs a base but a lot of the 3d buildings and things I've, I've i've purchased last year in 2020 i yeah i don't think i'll be putting any base on them because i think they'll it'll make them more versatile that i can use them in all different settings other things like artillery it depends what it is if it's a manned artillery uh, unit then yeah i'll put it on a base because like say when i did my bolt action aussie troops um they had a medium machine gun and it kind of just made sense to have them sitting on a base with the machine gun but i've also got some loose from um i think it's from victoria miniatures um, i've also got some loose like cannons and uh, like las cannons and stuff like that so with those they're just loose I, I didn't want them to have a crew as such i want them to be versatile so i can put them with my praetorian guard or i can put them with the cadians or i can put them with orcs if i want to you know what i mean so they don't have a designated crew and i think that kind of works as well and they're just loose they're just literally like painted loose cannons and i think that's fine as i always say it's each of their own really isn't it like if you think something needs to be based then base it if you want to go all out and have it like a highly detailed base then do it if you want to just paint them bright green then just do it who cares just have fun um but that's my take on a basing it's the imperial rebel org podcast 
the hobby spotlight this week is a little bit different. It's on another podcast, actually, a hobby podcast. Now, do I even tell you who it is? Because I don't want you to stop listening to mine and just go and listen to theirs. And no, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, feel free. It's 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 an amazing podcast. Um, it's called Paints All the Minis. Um, I've forgotten the chap's name, unfortunately, but he's he's a great host. And what he does, what he specifies in, is talking to people from all over the world about painting miniatures. And it, well, it's not just painting miniatures. It's about, um, like, for instance, one I listened to recently was uh, an interview with Gav Thorpe. Now, he's a uh, he's a hobbyist, but he also worked for Games Workshop for a number of years as their writer for Black Library. He's now a freelance writer for Black Library, but he's also writing his own fantasy novels and stuff as well. That was an absolutely fascinating episode. Um, but you know what? All the episodes are fascinating. He's, he's talked to people from War Games Foundry. He's talked to people from um, uh, Warlord Games, uh, Games Workshop, um, down to your, you know, uh, single dude in his garage who's casting um, resin terrain for six millimeter tabletop war games. So it's got everything you really want. And it's, it's, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. I, uh, I work all day by myself. Oh, lonely. I missed it. Anyway, I, um, I'm not lonely. I'm quite happy working by myself, but I don't feel alone because I listen to so many podcasts and paint all the minis is definitely one that I go to at least three, four times a week. Um, he's been going for a number of years now. Um, listen, I'm only up to episode about 51 or 52. Um, and that's, Oh, it was 2016 or 2017. So he's been around for a while um, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So make sure you listen to my show first <laughs> and uh, find out what I'm waffling on about. And then for something even more entertaining and uh, more educated and uh, more interesting, <laughs> jump over to Paint All The Minis. What have I been up to in the beloved hobby? Ah, oh, let me tell you folks, I've been having an absolute ball chipping away at my treehouse <laughs> for a miniature treehouse. I've mentioned it already in other episodes, but I'll mention it again because that's really honestly all I'm been working on. Um, it's set up on the kitchen table. I've, uh, I think I've mentioned this before as well. I have a whole room called the Fungin dedicated to my beloved hobby. I'm very, very lucky to have a room full of boxes of unpainted miniatures and ideas and uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I've also taken over a good half of the kitchen table because, well, let's face it, if I don't do that, if I don't walk in from work and see that treehouse looking at me every day, then it has, there's a lot of potential that it will just sit on my desk in the fungin and collect dust. And I can't afford to do that, guys, because it's for the February challenge. February 
2021. That's such a hard word to say. February, um, as in February, but it's uh, it's um, uh, celebrating the female miniature. <laughs> That's probably the best way to describe it. It's a challenge over on WordPress. Um, and yeah, I've joined in every year. And this year, I've really tried to push myself. It's an ambitious project, let me say, guys, because um, it's big. Uh, even though it's miniature, it's actually big. And it's something I've never really attempted before. I mean, yes, I've built buildings before, and I've built them from balsa wood, but I've never done it in a tree, in a, in a uh, miniature tree. And that's quite, that's been quite challenging, but a whole lot of fun from doing the the struts and the and the beams and the planks and everything like every aspect of this build I've thoroughly enjoyed and it's evolved organically as well and I've been getting a lot of really nice feedback uh, feedback on the blog and a lot of people suggesting things as well and sort of giving me some great ideas um, adding more detail and stuff like that which is which is absolutely brilliant and it's definitely not only spurred me on to keep going with the project and keep you know um, doing work in progress uh, posts over on the blog uh, imperialrebelorg.wordpress.com um, but it's also um, inspired me, like you know, like like giving me those those got those creative juices flowing, I suppose. And yeah, I'm I, like I said, I'm having an absolute ball with it. Um, there's so much more to do. What are we today? Today's oh, we're like nearly the end of January, um, and there's so much more to do. And I've got basically a month left, so four maybe five weeks left um, before I've got to go, hey, it's done and it's uh, submitted into the, the February challenge. Um, I'm reasonably confident, but my my concern is, um, and this isn't to dissuade anyone from giving me more ideas, but the more ideas I'm getting, the more I'm adding it to the to-do list and thinking, I could do that. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'll, I'll add that to list and I'll put this on there as well. Uh, like reason, recently, someone's uh, suggested um, a hammock um, and I'm thinking, okay, how could I scratch build a hammock? But of course, one, my time is limited, especially at the moment, because there's a lot going on in my life personally. Um, uh, so my time is limited. Um, and in the time I do have, I kind of need to do all the things that I already had planned. But now because I'm getting new ideas and I can't say no to those new ideas, yeah, the time frame is, is blowing out a little bit. But I am confident, guys. I am confident at this stage that I'm going to nail it, and it's going to be quite the quite the piece. I, I don't like to blow my own trumpet too much, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm proud of this one as it is at the moment, and what I've done so far is basically build the entire treehouse. I put on the the roof shingles the other day. I did some internal furniture. I did wallpaper. I did curtains, and it's all sort of come together quite nicely. I'm quite happy with it. But then the other day, someone suggested um, doing flashing and maybe guttering. So now I'm looking at it, going, it kind of needs that, and I can't not do that now. But have I got time to do it? So, but <laughs> but yeah, it's all good and it's all a lot of fun. Now, speaking of the blog and uh, some of the comments, I, I have to mention these two comments um, <laughs> in this episode because they really did give me a chuckle when I needed a chuckle. You know those moments when sometimes life throws you a bit of a curveball and you might be feeling a, li a little bit flat or something like that. 
Well, this happened just yesterday. I was I was in a bit of a, I'd, it'd been a long day of work and I was in a bit of a mood and there's a few, as I mentioned before, a few things going on. I won't elaborate, but there's a few things going on. Sat down, I thought I'll have, a, I'll have a cold drink and I'll have a look at the blog and see what's going on over there. Saw that I had a few comments <laughs> and uh, one of them coming from the imperfect modeler who I've interviewed on the show, um, <laughs> he said that we were talking about what to use on the diorama and bits and bobs around the house and he said that um, there was a chap at his local um, uh, model club who uses cat whiskers, cat whiskers, for aerials on his vehicles, on his military, like a military jeep. Um, <laughs> and it gave me quite the chuckle because then my, obviously, my question was, okay, so is he is he cutting off the, the poor cat's whiskers and then using them that way or waiting for them to fall out and then scouring the ground looking for these, these elusive whiskers? Um... Yeah, when which you, I think he replied a bit of both. I think he plucked them when he needed them, and, and I'm just like, hang on, isn't that some sort of animal to, animal cruelty or something? Like you don't cut your whiskers. Like I'm all for, I'm all for scouring the house looking for bits and bobs, but don't remove things from your pets. You know, like, <laughs> like, like fair enough. If you're brushing the dog and you've got a comb or brush full of dog hair, then yeah, use that. Use it for like a thatched roof or something, but don't pluck their hairs out don't wax your dog to get some fur and <laughs> anyway anyway so that gave me quite the chuckle and then the next one was from dagger and brush uh, he's another blog follower great dude I, I will be doing a hobby spotlight and him later on down the track he's got some great stuff and great ideas he's really been very helpful with the treehouse all along <clears throat> um, excuse me um, but he, his comment was about um you know, adding some smaller details like leaves, for example, and that's brilliant. I'm definitely going to do leaves. He also suggested doing some bird poop, and I thought, but yeah, actually, you know what? That's actually a pretty good idea. But what made me laugh is that there's a company out there, I think they're called AK Interactive, who actually have a bird poop kit. <laughs> so you can buy... You can buy something out there that will recreate the effect of bird poop. Now, if that's not really bogging down to the minuscule details, I don't know. I don't know what is. So yeah, between cutting off uh, cat whiskers and uh, replicating bird poop, I was. Uh, it definitely, definitely cheered me up no end. So. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you to everyone commenting, but thank you very much, guys, for putting a smile on my this mug's face. Hey, out there. This is Mark A. Morin. Check out my Instagram page at markamorin84, and if you really want some cool stuff, check out my blog at markamorin.com. I know you'll like it because you have impeccable and excellent taste because you're listening to the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. Stay tuned for more Madness from Hero. I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. If you'd like to email me for any reason whatsoever, feel free to do so by typing in imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. I've been a bit... Uh, 
a bit slack when it comes to the old emails in the last week or two, um, but I, I do plan on getting on back on top of things and I will reply to those people that have kindly emailed me. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Imperial Rebel Orc, and you can also find my humble little blog, imperialrebelorc.wordpress.com. Go have a look at my words and look at my pictures. Feel free to comment. Feel free to give me ideas on the treehouse. Always up for that, like I said. Um, But that's it, guys. That's it for episode 49. Um, It's been a good one. I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Episode 50 next week. Wow, 50 episodes. That's, yeah, it blows my mind, actually. I've really, really been enjoying doing the podcast. Um, the listenership is, is creeping up, which is always great to see. I like the fact that people are enjoying it just as much as I'm enjoying doing it, you know, so um, that's brilliant. Um, I'm going to leave you with a song. Uh, it's one I've been working on for a little while. It's a bit weird, um, but that's, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> uh, it's called Monsters. Hope you enjoy, and we'll see you in episode 50. Cheers, guys. Bye. Monsters. Monsters. Monsters.